0: okay well let's open our hearts and our bibles with natalie and let's study the word a little bit this morning
1: all righty good morning guys uh-oh is my mic not on good morning <laughs> Okay, good. Well, it's so awesome to be here with you guys. Welcome as well to everyone online. Um, We love your commitment to church and watching online, even when you can't be with us in person. Um, But it's so great to be here with you guys. And like I said, out of the Arizona heat and in this nice weather, especially this cool Sunday morning. So I'm really honored and excited to be able to talk with you all today about missions and about the greatest book ever, Um, and so thank you. We're going to be starting in Luke chapter 10, verse 25, if you want to get your Bibles out. I would love for you guys to follow along because I'm going to be walking through this passage verse by verse. So, again, we're going to be in Luke chapter 10, verse 25, or it'll be on the screen behind me as we're walking through it. All right, I'm going to pray for us real quick before we start. Lord, thank you so much for this undeserved privilege it is to be here speaking and being able to preach your word, Lord. Lord. Lord, we thank you for the power that is in your word and that you just so graciously gifted us with it, knowing that we need it for preparation and sanctification and equipment for all that you're calling us to do, Lord. And we just pray that this morning would be fruitful and beneficial and that it would spur us on to good works, Lord, as we continue to follow you in all that we do, Lord. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So Luke 10 Verse 25 starts out, Jesus is confronted by a lawyer, and it says, and behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And the lawyer answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly, do this and you will live. Now, there's already a few things that are easy to look past or brush over when you're reading through this, but I really want to point them out to you guys. So first is Jesus' really subtle convicting statement that we kind of miss. At the beginning of the passage, it says that this lawyer is testing Jesus, and you can also kind of tell he's trying to prove that he's really knowledgeable about all these religious laws and everything. And at the end here, when Jesus asks the question and the lawyer answers, Jesus says, yeah, you're right you got the answer. And he says, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But what Jesus is saying to him is, you may know, but you don't really do it. Therefore, you're not really loving people. Nonetheless, (laughs) the lawyer just kind of moves on, brushes past this, and goes on to test him or to try to find a loophole in this law. And the lawyer says, well, who's my neighbor? But basically, the lawyer is saying, what's my extent to love people? Like, where can I draw the line? And who can I just forget about? And Jesus goes on to tell this parable about the Good Samaritan. So starting in verse 30, looking at it, it says, Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. Now, we're going to pause here for a second again and just walk through this like before. Um, Just analyze the details that are easily missed when we're reading through this. So the first person that comes along, you can see, is a priest. And it's likely that this priest was just serving in the temple for like a week because it says he was coming from Jerusalem. And so that in and of itself is a really interesting dichotomy, no? (laughs) Someone who just spent a week in the Lord's presence ministering to people, yet treat someone like this. And quite unfortunately, (laughs) don't we do the same? (sighs) We spend our mornings in prayer and devotional, or we come to church on Sunday mornings, but the moment that we actually have the opportunity to love someone, we're out. The second person that we see come along is the Levite. And the Levite is someone who's also likely involved in some of these temple activities. In the Old Testament, Levites were appointed as spiritual leaders. And so this Levite kind of follows along with the priest. It says, so likewise, a Levite, he passes by on the other side and puts as much distance between himself and the man as possible. Both of the reactions, the priest and the Levite are out of (laughs) self-preservation. You see, in their Old Testament law, if you were to touch someone who was dead, you were pronounced unclean, which is basically a label for sinfulness or being unfit for God's presence. And they were more concerned about their own state of uncleanliness, rather than the state of suffering that this man was in. And the thing is, is they didn't even know if this man was really dead. For all they knew, he was just unconscious, but they didn't want to risk themselves for this one man who maybe they think he deserved what he got. And in this moment, Jesus is drawing a parallel between the lawyer and these religious figures in the parable. And just when the lawyer thinks it couldn't get more convicting and tense, look who Jesus brings up next. Verse 33, it says, The Samaritan. This is the one that the Jews looked at as disobedient, sinful, and disgraceful, like half Jews. Basically, in their time, Samaritans were originally a group of Jews that were taken as captives into exile and they ended up intermixing with their captors. And this was seen as like the ultimate defiling of God's people. So the true Jews of the day despised these Samaritans. And Keep in mind the people listening to this parable were likely Jews that were following around their beloved Rabbi Jesus. And so when Jesus brings up this Samaritan, everyone's ears perk up. Jesus said that this Samaritan had compassion. Let's see, verse 33, I'm sorry, verse 34. It says, he went to him, the Samaritan went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of him and whatever more you spend, I'll repay you when I come back. The Samaritan of all people was the one who got up close, who tended to this man by cleaning and bandaging his wounds who placed him on his own animal and instead walked alongside in the dirt, and he took him to an inn and spent two denarii, which in their day is two days worth of income, to care for this man. And on top of that, he paid extra for whatever else was needed to care for this man while he was gonna be gone. It was the Samaritan, not the religious know-it-all, not the priest. The Samaritan is the one who truly loves the Lord and loves people. The Samaritan is the one that embodies Philippians 2 that says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility count others as more important than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. If this parable isn't the exact image of Christ, I don't know what is. He's the one person that has no place touching the unclean. Yet he's the one that comes to us after we've been stripped and beaten and left for dead by our own sin. He tends to our wounds He places us on high, and he pays it all for us. He takes the position of humility, and crouching in the dirt, getting his hands dirty, he empties himself so that we can be restored. This parable is not about how to do the right thing, guys. (laughs) This parable is about how to be formed into Jesus's image more. And each moment of care that the Samaritan provides in this parable are things that we can and we should take on if we wanna have the same heart posture as Christ. So for some of you, this may mean that you go to the man Just like the Samaritan, he was the first one to physically go and approach the man and sit with him. So like him, many of us are going to be called to go and go to people through short or even long-term missions. And that stirring, uneasy feeling you have right now means you should probably see a doctor because (laughs) you have the mission bug. (laughs) And the good and bad news is there's no cure for it, guys. But I wanna encourage you, don't reject it. Please embrace it and just continue to pray about it. Some of you will be called to give your wine, your oil, or your animal. The Lord will call some of you to give away your possessions. You may be asked to give away the things that you have, that you live in excess with, so that someone else may have even just the bare minimum. Is that you? Do you live in excess when you know others live in a seeming deficit? Or some of you will be asked to give the means for someone else to provide care. Just like the innkeeper, or I'm sorry, just like the Samaritan gave two denarii so that the innkeeper could take care of the man. Some of you will also be asked to give financially so that someone else can go, so that someone else can provide that care. And you're already feeling that call now, and you're scared, and you don't enjoy it, and you're pushing back, and you're already gripping your wallet tight. (laughs) But what the Lord says is you can't serve two masters. You can't love your money and love God. So which one are you? Actually, which one makes you the most uncomfortable? Because that's probably the one the Lord is calling you to. Now, I don't know if anyone noticed, but I completely skipped over the main point of this passage. Did anyone catch that? Yes? No? Okay. The one question that brings up this whole parable is, who is my neighbor? Now, some say that this beaten man is clearly Jewish, and some say otherwise— But what does it say? Let's look, verse 30. It says a man. No labels, no race, no religion, just a man. This answered the lawyer's question right away. (laughs) That there are no labels that can disqualify someone from being loved by the disciples of Christ. It doesn't matter. There's no line drawn and there's no extent. Every human being has already been served and loved by Jesus. So if we are going to be his followers, we are to do the same. We are to do all of these things. To seek out someone who seems to be left for dead by everyone else. To tend to their wounds. And to preach the gospel to them in our actions and words. And for us to live in a deficit so then someone else can live with their needs provided for. And I know if I just dismiss you all and leave it here today, we're not going to address it. And so I want to take a few moments right now to let you all give the Lord the time and space to pray about what he may be calling you to do and how he's calling you to love others in this moment. So go ahead and take those few moments to yourself. All right, Lord, we thank you so much for today and this amazing opportunity to just live in freedom, um, live in freedom of your word, but also to live in freedom to be able to gather here today and just worship you freely and not have any restrictions, Lord. So I pray that um, our freedom would match our boldness, um, that we would just be obedient in the small things so that you may call us to even greater things. And that way we can see you work more and more and more because that's what we love, Lord, and that's what we strive for every day is just to see you and to see you work and to be a part of it, Lord. So we thank you so much for today. And God, I pray that you would continue to just cultivate this heart of missions um, in everyone here and everyone watching online, that you would, just begin to stir their heart on, on what you're asking them to do and that you wouldn't, you wouldn't leave it alone, that even if they try to ignore you, that you would keep bugging them and telling them that they're called to this, Lord. So would you just continue to do that and would you give us the, the strength and the confidence to be able to walk in obedience, Lord? We love you and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.
0: Amen. Can we give Natalie a hand? Good job, Natalie. Yeah, that was good. Who felt challenged? Yeah, me too. So go and approach. I think we all know somebody that we can go to, right? Or somebody maybe even that lives near our house, maybe someone that we see regularly when we go to work. There's people that we see every single day that we can go and approach and we can give away. I think all of us have something to give away, Amen and we can give to send. Here's one that's going, some more on our card, and I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now about how can I give to someone that wants to go and approach? How can I give to send? So I'm gonna trust that the Holy Spirit's working on your heart and working in you right now as well. I'm gonna invite our um, prayer team to come down and get ready to pray with people, and could we stand as we get ready to close? As our prayer partners come and get ready to pray, um, I'm wondering if there was someone in the room that the Lord's just stirring your heart right now. And you're not going to be able to shake um, what Natalie talked about this morning, just that call to want to be that person that goes somewhere else in the world and just approaches people with the gospel. If you just feel that this morning, you feel like, man, I think the Holy Spirit is just nudging me in that direction. Uh, It's not about age. (laughs) I mean, we know Natalie's young, but this doesn't have anything to do with age. It has to do with calling. It has to do with being on mission for Jesus wherever you're at. And so if the Lord's just stirring you, it could be something uh, that you're going to do locally. It could be something that you're going to do overseas. I just want to encourage you to come up and pray. I want you to come and agree with Jesus and a prayer partner about something that the Lord may want to do in you and just the process that you're going to begin to get into with the Holy spirit about what God's calling you to do. And, um, what he has for your life. And then uh, I'm trusting that you have your card. You can grab more at the Next Step station if you need one, but go ahead and grab the card off your chair if you'd like. All the QR codes are there to help us give to send. So let's be generous people that give to the gospel of Jesus Christ, all right? Well, thanks for coming to church this morning. Always remember, Jesus loves you very much. So to Kate and I. Have a great week.